Hello, this is David Thompson from the Fraser Valley in British Columbia with a message for those that are hungry and thirsty for reality, for ultimate meaning and destiny. And I refer you to my website at ultimatemeaning.com where there's a flip book with very original writing by the gifting of the Spirit of God through me. And in that, you will find lots of print that is highlighted in red, which are links to many videos, YouTube videos and so on, that are very amazing and profound, that confirm the reality of what I am sharing here from many fields of science and archaeology. What I am sharing with you is the ultimate meaning and purpose for which you exist and all things exist. It is only found in love, the ultimate perfection of love, who the one true eternal God can only possibly be. And yes, I could go into describing that love, and you would realize that that is indeed so. And so maybe briefly I will, for those that are new, just introduce who I am referring to. This love is the highest and purest form of love. It always chooses the highest lasting good over any lesser choice. Because any lesser choice as such would have a measure of corruption in it. This love is as a blazing fire of judgment against all that is contrary to this highest form of love that always chooses the highest lasting good. This love has such purity and integrity that it will not tolerate corruption. It is the very antithesis of corruption. That is the holiness of God or the integrity of his love. It is symbolized in math with the negative symbol and in electricity, which represents an indestructible foundation and the cutting off of all corruption. And from that is formed the ultimate positive symbol by crossing out that symbol. And so God's love is so great that it was always within his being from the infinite past to be able to become a perfect atoning substitutionary sacrifice. Indeed, God is great enough to project himself into the creation realm that he created and communicate with his creatures as he did in Genesis 18, where you find Abraham at his tent door and there's three men standing before him and he realizes they're more than ordinary men. And he makes a wonderful meal for them and they eat. And he addresses one of them as Yahweh, which is the most sacred name for God. Yes, Jesus Christ appeared to Abraham there in Genesis chapter 18. You see, God is not limited. He's not so small that he cannot communicate with his creation. Yes, this little speck of a planet, which is like a little speck of dust in the midst of all the grains of sand and dust in this world. Yes, God can come and humble himself. As he did in Jesus Christ and suffer more than you, a mere creature, and humble himself more than you, a mere creature on the cross and take judgment on the cross for you. And if you were the only one in the universe he created, he would have done that. I know that because I'm writing a book on the evidence of life after death, where God reveals that to those that are genuine Christians that have experienced 
and that's while they've been highly confirmed to be dead by medical equipment and doctors, some for almost two hours. They all experience the same thing. And I've got the videos that are going to be in my book that confirm that and show that for many different genuine Christians. There is no love that can be imagined that is great as this love, or that could exist that is greater than this love. This love only is the ultimate trustworthiness that would be worthy of unlimited authority and power in life without being corrupted by it or using it in a corrupt way, and is thus indicative that he is the very source of unlimited authority, power, and life, the very one true eternal God. So that is who I am sharing with. And in the Hebrew, his name, I will explain. In the English, first of all, if you read the Old Testament, it's the Lord God. And the word Lord in the Hebrew is usually Yahweh. And the God is usually Elohim, which means the Almighty's. So the Lord, that's the ultimate perfection of the being of God. That is this ultimate perfection of love of his being. The ultimate reality, the I am that I am, and Yah and Elohim, the Almighty's, means the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And God would not be God if he could not be in three personages, because he has to be in three personages to rule in the three ultimate aspects of existence, which are beyond creation, in creation, and filling all dimensions of time and existence within the creation and beyond creation as the Holy Spirit and omnipresent. You have to be in personage simultaneously in those three ultimate aspects of existence to be ruling in them and therefore to be the very one true eternal God. So I want to share with those that have come to the saving knowledge of God through Jesus Christ, who is the full expression and being of God communicated to the creation. The Father is the source beyond creation and time. The Son is the full expression of the Father into the creation and time realm to experience it and partake of it in fellowship with his creation. So I want to share now that I seek to speak messages by the leading and the, and the gifting of the Spirit of God, because the Word of God commands in 1 Peter 4.11, if any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. And so I will seek to speak this message to allow God to speak through me. This is further explained in Revelations 19.10, which has worshipped God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. When we worship God in spirit and in truth, out of great humility and reverence, out of love for God, we are filled with the Spirit and an overflow beyond ourselves that can result in creative utterances that are coming from the Spirit of God beyond ourselves, which is the spirit of prophecy or speaking as the oracles of God. One of the things I do to facilitate speaking as the oracles of God is to cast lots to get two different chapters from the Bible, the possibility of any chapter with two independent random applications so that those two chapters bear witness with each other as to the theme. And I spend a half an hour on those two chapters and usually immediately after preach as I am today, not knowing what I'm going to preach on, trusting God to speak through me out of seeking, as it says in Revelations 19.10, 
that as we worship God, out of that comes the spirit of prophecy. And so I will seek to speak out of a heart set and a mindset of worship this message today as to what God is saying to the churches throughout the world, especially in the United States, the epicenter of all of the things that have affected the whole world. The elections were stolen in the United States by a corrupt, evil, communist takeover. The evidence is overwhelming. Just go to Frank's speech to the right section there to find all that evidence if you want. Frankspeech.com Not only that, there is a power structure that's taken over, is seeking to take over the world right now through claiming an emergency where there is no emergency as an excuse for COVID so that they can break the businesses of the world and cause a world economic collapse. And now the evidence that the people that are getting the vaccines, especially two or more, are dropping dead left and right. So we're 300 athletes that have dropped dead now. I think in the, it was last weekend, there was another three that dropped dead from myocarditis, etc., blood clots from these vaccines. The death rate is enormous. It's a mass genocide. These people that are the source of all of this, you got Bill Gates, you got Jerry Soros, and you got Klaus Schwab, and the World Economic Forum. Trudeau's a disciple of that. So is Macron and many others and billionaires. And they're all bribing all of these people in conjunction there we've been working with the Chinese Communist Party for the last 30 years which has infiltrated all the main places of influence in the United States of government and education and media and they're paying everyone off they bought off lots of judges etc and so that's why we have this terrible thing happening in the world but the people are waking up and they are rising up and I believe God will bring deliverance as we as his people turn to him well, I also choose not only two chapters from the Word of God, but a song to go with the message. And so I want to now go with a worship song. And this is from a song of 1080 hymns. Many of them I do not know. They come from songs throughout church history and also from many songs from the persecuted underground church in China during the work of Watchman Nee, who was martyred in 1972. So I want to just now sing this worship song before we get into what God would be saying to the body of Christ today. So here we go with this. Escape the wine press, cheering wine can never flow. Light only through the crushing fragrance can diffuse. Shall I then, Lord, shrink from suffering? 
which thy love for me would choose. Each blow I suffer is true gain to me. In the place of what thou takest, thou dost give thyself to me.
So that song is so appropriate and true in our walk with God. And it does not mean that we do not believe God for healing and for his supernatural intervention, but the balance is My name is Tad the balance and I'm is the founder that we are those that have a relationship with God that is unconditional, that endures all things for his name's sake, and is learning the will of God, which is what? It says, this is the will of God, that in everything we should learn to give thanks. And God is wanting us to learn. A relationship with him that is unconditional, then the greater works can happen. Then he can bring deliverance in his appointed time. I want to share now the two chapters that I received from the Word of God today. And so we will go to those two chapters now. Today, on July the 28th of 2022, Thursday, I received Micah 4 and Isaiah 38. And for the life of me, I could not see how these two chapters bore witness with each other at first. But that is the case many times. But as I meditate and I pray, I then begin to see how those two chapters fit together. And so I first of all want to read from Micah chapter 4. So we will go to Micah chapter 4. Hopefully we can get there pretty quickly. But in the last days it shall come to pass that the mountain of the house of the Lord, that is Yahweh, shall be established in the top of the mountains. And it shall be exalted above the hills, and people shall flow onto it. And many nations shall come and shall say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. 
and he will teach us his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For the law shall go forth out of Zion, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And he shall judge among many people and rebuke strong nations afar off. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. And they shall sit every man under his vine and under his fig tree, and none shall make them afraid for the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken it. For all people will walk. Actually, it says, though all people walk in the name of their God, we will walk in the name of Yahweh, our Almighty Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, forever and ever. In that day, saith Yahweh, will I assemble her that halteth, and I will gather her that is driven out, and her that I have afflicted. And I will make her that halted a remnant, and her that was cast afar off a strong nation. And Yahweh shall reign over them in Mount Zion from henceforth even forever. Hallelujah. And thou, O tower of the flock, the stronghold of the daughter of Zion, unto thee shall it come. Even the first dominion, the kingdom, shall come to the daughter of Jerusalem. Now why dost thou cry out aloud? Is there no king in thee? Is thy counselor perished? For pangs have taken thee as a woman in travail. Now that was the future that was being described. Now we come to the immediate of their present circumstances. Be in pain and labor to bring forth, O daughter of Zion, like a woman in travail, for now shalt thou go forth out of the city, and thou shalt dwell in the field, and thou shalt go even to Babylon, and there thou shalt be delivered. There the Lord shall redeem thee from the hand of thine enemies. Now also many nations are gathered against thee that say, let her be defiled, let her eye look upon Zion. <laughs> but they know not the thoughts of Yahweh, neither understand they his counsel, for he shall gather them as the sheaves into the floor. Arise and thresh, O daughter of Zion, for I will make thine horn iron, and I will make thy hooves brass, and thou shalt beat in pieces many people and I will consecrate their gain unto Yahweh and their substance unto the Lord of the whole earth. Now that's Micah chapter 4. And now we go to the other one that I received, which is Isaiah chapter 38. Let's see if we can just pop there immediately. I hope so. Maybe I didn't turn to it yet. No, it doesn't look like I did. So we will turn to Isaiah 38 which I didn't even paste in my notes this time, but we're going to go there. Isaiah chapter 38. There we are. And this is about Hezekiah, who became sick. And many of us are familiar with this historical account. And it says, In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death, and Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came unto him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Then Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall and prayed unto Yahweh, and said, Remember now, O Yahweh, I beseech thee how I have walked before thee in truth, and with a perfect heart, 
and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. Then came the word of the Lord to Isaiah, saying, Go and say to Hezekiah, Thus saith the Lord, the God of David thy father, I have heard thy prayer, and I have seen thy te tears. Behold, I will add unto thy days fifteen years, and I will deliver thee and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city. And this shall be a sign unto thee for the Lord, from the Lord, that the Lord will do this thing that he hath spoken. Behold, I will bring again the shadow of the degrees which has gone down in the sundial of Ahaz ten degrees backward. So the sun returned ten degrees, by which degrees it had gone down. An amazing event that I believe has also been discovered from those that work with astronomy. The writing of Hezekiah, the king of Judah, when he had been sick, and then he describes that. So how does this relate to Micah chapter 4? In Micah chapter 4, we see that in the last days, the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountains. Now, this is the, the mountains represent government. This is representing the government of God being established above all governments of the world and being the place where people find their refuge to learn the ways of God and of true governance in our own personal lives as well as those that are in leadership, corporately leading. So here in Micah 4, we see that Israel's present state is that they must go into captivity to be brought into a place of relationship with God through the confinement of activity, the confinement of humility. They are cornered to the place where they are delivered from the deception of their own ways into the place of surrender where God can entrust them with victory which will come in the last days. In Isaiah 38 with Hezekiah, what did Hezekiah do? First of all, we have his body, which represents also in type the tabernacle of God, that in, because our body is the place where the Holy Spirit dwells. Christ himself said, destroy this tabernacle and in three days I will raise it up. But he was speaking of his physical body, but they mistook it to mean the spiritual temple, corporate temple of gathering at that time. And Hezekiah was granted mercy, an extension of life, because he felt like his life was being cut short compared to what he believed God had for him in his life. And there are many of us in our lives, our lives can be cut short and we may be saved and have a wonderful abundant entrance in the kingdom of God. But our lives can be cut short if there isn't within us the hunger and the desire to seek God and to cooperate with him in our lives to allow him to put us into the things that he needs to do in our lives in order to conform us into the likeness of his image in conformity 
to his purpose and plan for our lives, not only in this world, but for eternity. And here in Isaiah 38, God is showing in type that he will allow us to come to a place of weakness, that we turn to him with all our heart, and then he will show mercy and deliverance. But there's a bigger picture here in Isaiah 38, because remember, after Hezekiah received this deliverance, he became somewhat lifted up and proud as many came to comfort him, and he showed the glory of his kingdom to the Babylonians, which Isaiah said he should not have done. And because of that, judgment would have come on him, but it was stayed upon, kept from coming upon him, but would come on his children. Because of pride, because of glorying in our own strength and our own sufficiency, or, 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 or being proud because we are the ones that are so close with God, we are the special chosen ones. Whatever it is that has an air of pride that is not of God in it, God must deal with it. There must be a relationship within us that allows him to bring us into the place of victory where he can entrust us with victory. And so this also speaks of what God is saying in Micah 4, where he tells Israel they're going into captivity because he must deal with these things so that they, in the end, can come forth and be this powerful one that has horns of brass and so on that he describes that will rule over the nations, victoriously rule over the nations with a rod of iron as it's promised the early church that overcomes as well. So God is calling us as his people to come to a place where in our travail, we bring forth the kingdom of God. It says, why dost thou cry aloud? Is there no king in thee? Is thy counsel to perish for pangs have taken thee as a woman in travail, be in pain and labor to bring forth God wants us to bring forth the kingdom of God. And in these last days, we as his people need to wake up and recognize the situation we're in of captivity, of oppression that is coming upon the whole world, that it's obvious. It is the time to turn to God, to be in travail and to bring forth the kingdom of God. And that comes as we learn in the tribulation, in the testing, to trust him to rest in him, not to become frustrated and take things into our own hands, but to put vengeance in God's hand and to cry out unto him and to seek him. What do you think will happen when the church repents of just being the church? I mean, it should have repented a long time ago. When you see everything that's going on, how can you go back to being the church the way it was? God is calling his people in the last days to rise up and become his conquering bride church, his house of prayer and his house of holiness, that he would visit his people in these last days. This is the time of the restitution of all things. And it happens when we as his people turn to him with all our heart. I've written a book called Godheadship 
in-body invasion, which you can purchase on the internet, on Amazon. And it shows everything you can do in your local congregation, not to limit the fullness of the headship of Christ from fully inhabiting your local congregation, so that the glory of God would come down as we seek him as never before. On a long weekend, we need to get together in our community and our city and fast and pray for three days and cry mightily unto God. But more than that, we need to go back and never become the church the way it was. We never start our meetings anymore with just a nice little program and the songs at the front. No, we get on our faces before God and become his house of prayer. And we seek him and we become close to him as a body crying out to him, everyone seeking in unity to back one another in prayer. And then out of that comes worship and praise and the gifts of the Spirit. And lastly, the leadership speaking and confirming what God has already confirmed. How we limit God in the meetings and we don't allow the Spirit to move nor facilitate the Spirit to move through each member of the body as it was in the early church. As we do these things, as we become a house of prayer and repent of loving the gods of amusement that have desensitized us and driven so we spend hours watching sports instead of seeking God, etc., etc., seeking material wealth and gain. It is time to come together and be more conscious of Christ in our midst through prayer and through worship than having some program that makes us feel comfortable but limits the Holy One of Israel in our midst. So God is calling his church to wake up and become his conquering bride church. Thank you for listening to this message. God bless you all that are his children and seek him.